Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. No, it does not. It does not show any signs of stopping. I don't know what's going on. It is the 11th of November, I think. I'm pretty sure it's the 11th of November, and it's not like Christmas Eve. I have two guests in studio who can confirm that for me. It's the beginning of November. Are we is right? It is. Does it is this a new thing? Is this going to happen a lot? The snow this time of year, you think? Uh, last year, last year it was really temperate. Right. In November, it was nice. I know. Last year it was nice. I and, missed that already. But then, after right after December, the the other shoe fell, mm-hmm. and we froze to death until April. So right, hang exactly. right in there. Hang yeah. right in there. Uh, that is Bill. Coming. We got Bill in studio. We got uh, Vonda uh, Rogers in studio with us. Bill, you the audience knows you very well. Uh, talk a little bit about Habitat first before we get into anything else, uh, where you're from, what you do. Um, been the construction um, manager at Habitat for 21 years. I'm the master of all I survey, I like to tell people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it happens like that after a while, you know. They kind of let me run, and the next thing you know, I'm in charge of everything. There you go. I like to say my business card is as big as my phone for all the things that I have to do, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, yeah, so I've been a Habitat for a while, and we, we've been building houses for a while. And How many houses now do you have? I, I think I'm around 130. Wow, okay. Something like that. I'm, my, I'm trying to reach the 150, then we'll sponsor another house. Typically, I sponsored my 100th house. I went out and jumped out of a plane for money yeah, there you and, go. and, and uh, made shirts and things like that to raise some money for a, for a Habitat house. They like to tell us that uh, there's a $40,000 covenant associated, and we like to go out and raise the money in mm-hmm. the community other ways. So the groups and organizations who sponsor are attempting to raise $40,000. actually costs the house about 100000 now. Wow. The prices go up. Yeah. Still affordable. And we get help from the city for lots and infrastructure, but we don't take any sort of other government funds because they like to control. So sure. we like I like to control too. I'm a control freak <laughs> as well. So well, and you brought a you brought a guest along with you uh, because today is Veterans Day, uh, and a, a really cool thing has been going on with Habitat. You guys have focused a a house. You've dedicated a house. It's called a Hero House. It just completed construction, I think, in October, um, and it is in honor of. Uh, your son, Vonda, um, who we're talking about today, and, and obviously they've been talking about uh, the last few weeks. I've seen it um, in a, quite a few different news places, and it, I think it's a really important thing to, to do and to focus on well beyond Veterans Day um, to remind us just of, of what, you know, uh, people like your son offer this country. Um, uh, go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, our son, Sergeant Josh Rogers, he uh, enlisted right after high school. Yep. So went in 2013. Uh, went in on, on an Option 40 contract, which means he went in to be a U.S. Army Ranger. Um, they say Army Rangers volunteer three times, first for the Army, second for the Infantry, and third for uh, Ranger Regiment. So he was thrilled, excited. Uh, Veterans Day is really where we honor that service, that um, whether you're volunteered or voluntold, the fact that you showed up and served for our country and gave up your own freedom so that you could protect our freedom, that's why we're there. That's why we're celebrating. Uh, Josh was killed in action on April 27, 2017, uh, in the Nangarhar province of Afghanistan, small arms fire while they were uh, against uh, ISIS-K compound. Um, It is uh, that incident um, that uh, the community just poured love on our family. I mean, I really don't know any other way to describe it it's people showed up people showed up immediately then they showed up again uh, when we had his services 
And um, our story really starts there uh, where Bill and I connect. It starts on the day of his service um, as we went from Eastview Christian Church down to uh, the cemetery. Um, the streets were lined with people. And I was one of those people. <laughs> and I, I and I had seen Vonda since then, and she came upon one of our sites that we had uh, military affinity groups on also for another person that served the country and is a veteran. And then they had, she, he had married someone else, and they had a rather large family. We're building a house for him mm-hmm. in partnership. And I uh, came across Vonda at that point. And I, I'd seen her several times. She'd be buying flowers at Jewel for her son's grave or at other times. And I wanted to say hi, but I never did. So I had the opportunity there um, to say hi to her. And uh, it was it was quite emotional as you can imagine and you know when you meet somebody who's lost their son you don't really have the words for that but uh i struggled back to my truck and i sat there for a while and i thought well you know what can we do to help these people because it's 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 so traumatic i could never imagine i've been through death in my family but it's nothing as instantaneous as you know death you know while you're performing service for your country Mm -hmm. So um, I went back, and I thought about it for a while, and I developed Heroes of Habitat. And I, I tried to, you know, I, I literally raised up the flag and let the boss salute it. And they they appreciated the fact that we were going to try to do something like that. And I went to the board, and it was all approved. And so we sat down the path. And Vonda and I have been, along with a committee, we have a committee of six total. And we went down the path and we figured out how we're going to do this. Because the first time you do anything like this, you don't know. You know, it's a land full of unknowns. Yes. So, I mean, it's been very successful and and to the point where we're going to do it again. And that's awesome. Yeah, I I think you said that there is another uh, person who's already been nominated. We can talk about that maybe uh, after a break in a, a few minutes. Sure. Um, but how meaningful is it to have your son's memory um, tied to something like this? How, how impactful is that for you? So Bill contacted me after we had met, and he said, you know, I have this idea, and I want to run it past you before we get too far. What if we built a house in honor of Josh? Yeah. And um, what you have to understand is from the moment that we got the knock on the door to be informed about Josh's death, until that point, I had been praying for a way to give back to the community. How do you say thank you when your community is just literally carrying you along um, through this process? So I had been praying, how do we give back to the community? And Bill contacts me and says, what if we build a house in honor of your son? And um, that's that's just the first answer to prayer, I think, that we've seen through this process. So uh, it's been awesome. Okay, I have I have Bill, I have Vonda in studio. I'm going to take a quick break on the Craig Collins Show, then uh, more conversation with both of you. Uh, thank you to your son for his service, of course, and to all veterans. Today is Veterans Day. We are celebrating that as well and talking about that and, and keeping loved ones that we've lost or loved ones that have served in our minds today. Uh, but This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm your host, Craig Collins. I have two guests in studio talking about the Hero House, which was recently constructed. I think it got uh, finished construction in October uh, with Habitat. This is... Uh, in memory of Josh, who is uh, Vonda's son. Uh, welcome back, both of you, to the show. And uh, my first question actually came up off the air, Bill. And this is just a question I had as I was driving in this morning. I, and you're a Renaissance man. You're all over the place. You can answer <laughs> any question, I realized. Yeah. I, I'm driving in, and I'm swerving in the snow, and I'm a little frustrated that maybe my area hasn't been plowed yet. 
and I see a, a tow truck or a plow drive by in the opposite direction with the plow up. And just as a, a person, you're like, hey, could you maybe put that down and then, like, drive directly in front of me? That would be great. And obviously that's not what happens. So I, I mentioned it to both of you, and, Bill, you told me why yeah. he wouldn't be plowing every area. No, he wouldn't do that. I mean, he's right. going to wear out his plow for one thing. He's going to break or spring it. Then the plow's going to cost him money to okay. operate that plow, so that's an expense he's not ready to, to share with you. He's going to use it for the guy that pays him. That's That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's, he's an independent contractor that's who's right. trying to pay the bills, and he's not going to plow any area. It that's just, right. It's a weird visual to be driving in and swerving a little bit and just see – freedom on the other side of the road just not helping me out but well it's a concern to us too because we're, we're planning the house blessing today and we're looking outside in the window and it's it looks just the same as it does over there in front of that street and yep. the streets are snowy and we're worried about people getting back and forth there but yes we decided to carry on at five o'clock we're going to have a house blessing regardless there you go it's not quite complete um but vonda shared early on that she would have have this house blessing on veterans day and i think it's totally appropriate that we do this on veterans day to honor him and the other veterans that are in in the community and while this house isn't strictly built on on military service mm-hmm. or it's it's built on all sorts of service and we discovered early on as well that a hero is hard to define. I mean, it's hard to name what a hero is. Everybody has a hero. You have your Uncle Vinny. I do. Yeah. He's, he's coming a, on later in the show. He's a hero to you, he you is. know, and he might not fit our, our profile, but he might, mm-hmm. you know. So the first two, the second one has been nominated, and, we, and we've announced our second one, okay. uh, a second hero in, uh, in um, Maddox, um, Jerome Maddox's boy. What's his name? Do you remember? It just gone. It's escapes just gone. Me. It's, it's, gone. Totally it's fine. So once me. the microphones turn on, my <laughs> yeah. brain blanks too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I so show for three he, hours was, he was named our second hero, and we'll build a house in partnership with them, the Maddox family, next year, and we'll strive to raise money to build that house. Then the fo- third and following year, we'll name another hero, and we'll ask for people to submit uh, applications. And we'll decide who our third third year hero is. You know, I, I want this to be a, a program that continues forward. It absolutely. should. Um, it's interesting you say that we can't truly define heroes, you know, by name. Like you, you maybe hear a story about one person that someone considers a hero, and another person, for whatever reason, maybe doesn't. But I think there's qualities that heroes have sure. that are transcendent that kind of go across all the different stories. And talking more about Josh, um, when did you know? Well, you, you know, raising Josh, that he would be that kind of person that would embrace these sort of things. Because cause truthfully, you said actually in our last segment that there's volunteer and when you're voluntold. No one is voluntold right now. Everyone who's in the military now is has volunteered. Yes. Your son chose to volunteer for something. And, and we, as a country, have to be tremendously grateful for that willingness to serve. Because without it, we're not anything close to what we are. Uh, with people like your son uh, being willing to 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 give their life for for our country and for our safety, so so when did you know early on, um, you know, raising raising Josh that he was one of those types of people? I think with um, 9/11 shaped an entire generation of this country. Sure. So Josh was in second grade when 9/11 occurred. Um, he sat with his class and he watched the events. We talked about the events. It was part of the way he grew up. So um, dreaming about being in the Army started very young, and it was very real because we've been in active conflict since that time. Yeah. So 
Um, it was something that he always dreamed of. Um, now, let's be honest. Um, you know, he wasn't a saint. Sure. He was a son. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we used to often describe him as a warrior without a war. Right. Um, and certainly when he got into the place where he could be well-trained and well-equipped and mm-hmm. um, he could go to war, he was very, very happy. He was um, absolutely where he was made to be. Wow. And then that story uh, just hits you in a certain way, Bill, that, yeah. you know, obviously the way it hit the community, too, yeah. that it, it just motivates you to try to do something to, um, you know, to, to make that memory, to make that sacrifice last as long as it possibly can, last for decades and decades. hundred years from now, our houses we build, I expect yep. they'll be standing for 200 years, uh-huh. and that plaque will be there that whole time. And they, So they're not necessarily houses for veterans. They're houses for Habitat families. Right. Um, they're, they're going to a good cause. Uh, like you said, there's a plan to, to build more of them. Um, what other projects do you guys have going on at Habitat? Is there anything else going on? Yeah, we're currently working on six houses, including wow. the Hero House. And then next year, we hope to, to toggle to eight. Uh, the Restore has been killing it for us, and it helps with our funding and, and our affiliate. I mm-hmm. mean, any non-for-profit would be so thankful to have a, a, a device like the Restore to, 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 to get funds for what we do. Um, we have a strategic plan in the works right now to figure out how we're going to get there. But the plans call for us to be building eight next year. Uh, whether we have to revert back to six next year, then move to eight the following year. While it, I, I would be disappointed, it doesn't concern me for it. I know that the, that the process is in place to get there, and that's what we want to do because we need to help more people. Mm-hmm. I, my job's not done. My job will never be done <laughs> and to normal because... Uh, there's no way that I can fill the need for affordable housing. Habitat can't fill that need sure. ourselves. Sure. And right now we kind of toil in, in, alone in that in that field. I mean, there's some people that are supplying affordable housing, but the affordability teeters on the edge. And we we supp- we supply the funding as well, you know, the loans as well, and we do those in our affiliate and currently there's zero interest loans so you just simply pay on wow. on on the the loan and the insurance and the taxes and they're rolling about 550 a month. Well, and the, we need homeowners. Work, yeah, the work you guys are doing is tremendous. I'm I'm way behind. I wanted to yeah. talk to you more. I got to take a break. That's I got to cool. I got to let you both go. Thank yeah. you Bill. Thank you Vonda for coming in studio. Thank you your son for his service and his sacrifice. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for, you know, honoring his memory here on Veterans Day and through the work you're doing, Bill. I have a bunch more snow music, but I'm just going to skip it right now because I got my Uncle Vinny on. He's uh, Major General Vincent Colonnais uh, with the Marines. He's retired now. Uh, Uncle Vinny, welcome to the show. Hey, great, great show. Uh, thanks for having me on on this special day. Yeah, obviously it's Veterans Day. I want to celebrate it as much as I can throughout the three hours I'm on the air here in Bloomington, and there's no better way to have a conversation about veterans than to bring on my highly decorated uncle, uh, to talk a little bit about your service, um, how long were you in the military? Well, you know, I, I just retired uh, a couple months ago. I was in uh, almost a little over 36 years, 36 and a half years. Uh, so so, so pretty, when you, pretty, pretty much my whole life. When you first uh, signed up to be a Marine, did you anticipate that to be something you'd do for the rest of your life? No, not at all. And I, I don't. I doubt that very few military people live with that mindset. I... I joined the Marine Corps, actually. I was going to do three years and then go into the FBI. Um, but, you know, things worked out, and, and uh, as you know, we, we stayed in and raised a family in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about uh, your time, uh, your service, your 
um, you know, experience, I guess, uh, being deployed. Anything that, that comes to mind on a day like today uh, when you kind of reflect back on, on 36 years of, of serving as a Marine for this country? I, I do. I mean, I've, I have a very blessed, blessed uh, career, um, lucky at times. Uh, but, you know, I, yesterday was the Marine Corps birthday, um, uh, November 10th. We, as you know, the Marine Corps really really takes a lot of uh, time to celebrate that every year. And yesterday I received a whole bunch of phone calls from different people I served with. Some some were my bosses, some were people who worked with me, peers, or, or within my units. And uh, it was just great talking to them and laughing and reflecting about the uh, great young men and women who we served with, good memories, you know. Oftentimes, you know, even in hard times, you, you have a yet good memories and uh, keep a sense of humor and stuff. So, but uh, I also, I also reflect just, you know, I think veterans day, oftentimes I think about my, you know, my grandfather who served and my father who served and, and relatives and all like that. So, well, grandpa, um, your, your father, my grandfather who served, he always uh, made fun of you guys for being Marines though, because he was the army, right? Yeah. He, uh, he always tried to, uh, we always had fun with talking about his career. I didn't understand it until I actually got into the Marine Corps, and then I realized uh, he was he served in Korea, uh, but uh, he got in trouble um, a few times, and, and he thought he, he thought that was humorous. Uh, and I used to joke <laughs> that that his career put my career in jeopardy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's and, well, and he, it's yeah, interesting. It's ahead. interesting you mention um, you know the amount of people that called. So I, I attended your retirement. Uh, a little while back, and I was amazed at the amount of people that you had served with, the amount of people that you had worked with at all these different staffs throughout the country uh, coming to, you know, honor your your time in the military. And I guess it, it demonstrated to me something I hear often uh, when I was talking to Marines in Chicago on a different show or whatever uh, about the brotherhood that exists uh, for people who serve. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the community of, of people and the connection you have maybe to other people that you serve with? Well, I think, I mean, I think it's true, and especially in this time when with other services, right? Uh, we, we have our own culture in the Marine Corps. Every service has its own culture. But I think uh, depending on what the relationship is, a lot of the people who who might have been in my commands or I was in, in, in charge of them some, uh, at some time in my career, they were grateful for things I did for them, uh, or maybe they give me more credit than I, than I deserve, but... <laughs> You know, I influenced their lives uh, somehow. And then, you know, the band of brothers. When when you go to combat with these with these uh, Marines, uh, you you really form a special bond and uh, about taking care of each other and uh, and and kind of remember the good and bad times. But that's it's only between yourselves, and nobody else has a, a shared experience. And I think that really tightens the bonds. Uh, during your time, how many times were you deployed? How many times were you in, in combat? Do you know? I yeah, I, I mean, I have deployed many times. I had five combat combat uh, tours, uh, both in Afghanistan and Iraq. Wow. 
Uh, that's it's incredible. I, I don't know if you remember this too. I wanted to remind you this when I talked to you today. Um, and this this is not necessarily on topic with uh, all your service, but it was an interesting thing. Uh, it was years ago at one of our one of the weddings for one of uh, my cousins or something that you had mentioned to me, and this was really cool that you were willing to teach me how to shoot. Now, Uncle Vinny, I still don't know how to shoot. Would you be willing to teach me how to shoot? Uh, would we be able to go out sometime and maybe figure out a way to to get me to have aim that I don't have? Oh uh, yeah, it's just like uh, you know, learning to do free throws from the uh, foul line or a three point line. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we definitely everybody should learn how to shoot. I mean, that's something. Uh, yeah. Every every good good American should have that skill. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Um, as far as um, the servicemen and women that we're honoring today, it's it's interesting because we're in a day and age where um, I just had a guest in. Uh, she unfortunately lost her son. He was in an army. He was part of the army, and uh, they actually dedicated a house to him for Habitat for Humanity. Uh, a hero house was built in his honor. Um, and she told me about right. how some people volunteer and some people are voluntold. No one is voluntold in this day and age. Everyone volunteers. I know you shaped a lot of minds. I know you worked with and trained a lot of uh, Marines that even I met in Chicago. What is it like uh, talking to, to the people now who are who are our servicemen and women and are choosing to you know, serve our country in this way at a time when we were in conflict very recently, and there's a lot of situations where I think more and more people might shy away from service like this. How important is it to to highlight the people that choose to do this? Well, I mean, I, I think that's why we, the people that are in now are, are so good. Um, when I came in, it was still a Cold War, um, and then, you know, 10 years or so in my career, and we had Desert Storm, um, and then 9-11 happened, um, and... So everybody who came in after 9-11 knew, knew they were going to war. And so these young men and women who come in, are, I mean, they're incredible. And they yeah. could do a lot of other things, um, whether they're, they're, they come to the officer program and graduate uh, a, a tremendous college or university or, uh, or enlist, but as you know, my, my son did, right? Yeah. Your cousin, Fred, did. And uh, he was my troublemaker. Uh, and <laughs> And I, I tried to get him not to go into the Marine Corps, um, but he went in, and as you know, he was wounded in Afghanistan, and he's got a beautiful family and doing well. But th- that's, I mean, they're incredible young men and women, and uh, they came in knowing they're going to harm's way. When I came in, we were told we could, but you know, we didn't know we were going to go to harm's way. Yeah. So that's why I think the caliber of young men and women are, are, are tremendous. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, before I let you go, I do want to ask you this, because I think – Grandpa would be happy if I did. Is there any stories about him you can tell on the air in his time in uh, in service, or are those things that maybe we should keep off the air, Uncle Vinny? No, I think uh, he'd probably be laughing hearing them. Uh, I knew he was uh, he, he he was busted a few times, lost a few stripes. Uh, as you know, he was an avid, uh, uh, athlete. One story he tells, and I'm sure, you know, I, I guess I take fifty percent of the truth from it, but uh, <laughs> he was playing basketball. And he was an enlisted uh, soldier in Korean War, and some officer came and started yelling at him. I guess somehow that officer saliva came in and hit my your grandfather, my father's face, and my father punched him out and wound <laughs> up getting. So he he, he kind of relished in telling these stories years later. Oh yeah. Um, and but knowing him, um, I, I, there's no doubt he got in trouble. I just don't know the whole story. Right. No. Well, knowing him, I'm sure he talked his way out of some of the trouble, at least. Right. I mean, I doubt it was as much trouble as anyone else would have got in for that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I think his friends got him out of trouble. I think they buried a lot of the paperwork that could have got him in worse trouble. So, well, but yeah, there's a lot. I think a lot of good stories. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on, uh, Uncle Vay. I'm thrilled for your your time, uh, your service, and thank you so much for everything you did for our country. Thank you for helping me honor um, your father, my grandfather too, because you know, oftentimes I think we forget all the people in our lives. I have, I guess, a unique uh, military family, and the fact that you are one of two of my uncles that served in the Marines, and you know, your son, like you said, did too. So uh, for anyone out there that's thinking about this, anyone that's that's younger and, and wondering if this is the path for them or maybe feel like it's the path for them, do you have any parting words that you would give to someone on Veterans Day contemplating, um, you know, uh, enlisting and be, yeah. becoming someone? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, wor- people worry about it's, it's, you know, three or four years sound like a long time when you're a young person. Uh, I just did 37 years almost. It's not a long time, and uh, it'll make you a better uh, man or woman for doing it, and uh, you'll connect to what this nation's about, uh, whether it's beating up the bullies or, or protecting the homeland. Um, this is a great nation with great men and women, and I would recommend anybody to serve uh, and then get on with whatever you want to do in life, but four years will not hurt you. No, uh, and Vincent Colonnese, you are a major general. You are Is it a two-star general? That's the, that's the level? Right. Yes, yes. There's very few people that reach that, that level, too, right? Like, how many two-star generals do we have? Well, the Marine Corps is a smaller service, but, you know, it's, you know, I was fortunate. You know, nobody's rank doesn't make anybody better than anybody else. I guarantee you that. It's just, you know, get more responsibility. It means I'm a little older and got more more years in, so. <laughs> well, that's fine. You say it that way. I'll, I'll say I'm real impressed with your service and your rank because uh, you, you obviously were doing a lot of great things over there because they kept uh, – pushing you up the ladder. So thank you so much for joining me again today to help honor all of our veterans. And uh, I look forward to talking again soon. Maybe I'll have you on each year if, if I keep the show. All right, Craig, I got you. I got you on my iHeartRadio, so I'll be listening to your show daily now. Thank there you. you go. All right, thanks so much. All right, talk to you later. i got to take another quick break on the Craig Collins Show, and then we'll move on to talking about how terrible the snow is. No, I've got some positive topics, too. Sing a love song while we stroll along. Too soon? Is it too soon for this? Is this too soon? Don't you have to steer, steer into Christmas when it when the weather's like this? Uh, when is the first snow? Like, does this feel too early, or am I just still tied to the fact that it snowed on Halloween? Neil, does this feel too early to glance outside and see that amount of snow? Uh, it's a little earlier than I would like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it feels early to me, but can we steer into it then? Can we just kind of go straight to Christmas season? Should we start decorating the houses? Is that the approach? Uh, I mean, I think some people are taking that that approach. I personally, nah, it's, no? it's too early for that for okay. me. The snow's you... too early. To, to, I mean, hey, I love Christmas. I'm not, you know, not a yeah, scrooge gotcha. or anything, but it's a little <laughs> bit early to start decorating and Christmas music. Ah, too early I know. for that. So. I, I like that you had to immediately defend you're not a Scrooge for not being into Christmas season on November 11th. You're well, like, hey, well, I'm not a Scrooge. Some people are, I'm sure, getting into it. I but. know. Well, I am a little bit because there's really, what do you do when the unexpected happens in your life? Like, how do you handle the unexpected? Do you freak out? Are you one of those people that needs to find a way to, to get back on track when something, uh, a curveball hits? Or how do you handle it? I mean, like this, how do I handle this? I Any curveball. Well, Go. Let's be macro level here. Well, Anything. Uh, it just depends. I try, yeah. try to just 
do the best I can. Yeah, so there you go. For this, I'm just praying for some some sun the next couple of days, and the snow <laughs> melts, and it's like this never happened. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I can I can handle that. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to like wear swimwear to the office on Friday and just kind of ignore what's going on outside? I mean, you want to get the the blow up toys and everything, yeah. uh, the the whatever it is, the floaties. I'll wear a Hawaiian shirt, maybe. Yeah. To make it that's seem better. Yeah. Let's. That let's sounds some... way less dirty than what I just said. Yeah. Wow. Good. Good approach. <laughs> Uh, the straw hat, maybe. Yeah. Listen to Jimmy Buffett. I'll, right. I'll switch all the music to Jimmy Buffett for the rest of the show. Then uh, yeah, we'll do fun. that instead of winter uh, music. <laughs> Whenever this stuff happens to me, like the really, and this maybe is not as unexpected as I feel like it is because it is November 11th. It probably starts to snow around now. Although we're setting records all over the country, right? Like it's the coldest it's ever been the last few days. All kinds of places, including Chicago. This is all over the place. There's records being set, weather records being set like crazy. <laughs> This is the Marcus King Band live in Austin. That is a jam. I got Nick Leroy in studio. Nick is with NTL Productions, and they are in town tonight, the Marcus King Band at Castle Theater, right? That's correct. Nice. Yes, yes. How, how are you, Craig? Works. How are you? Good. Yes, how are you doing, man? Can't I'm pretty complain. good. You know, well, I can complain because it's, it's all snowy and crazy on the 11th of November outside, but I'm steering into it. I actually was contemplating buying a tree and taking it home tonight. Do you think that's the right approach? No. Okay, no. Uh, no, uh, no, no. no. You're like my news guy. You want to just pretend this didn't happen when it it's didn't. 50 no. in a few days? Man, you know, I was outside raking leaves yesterday and sweating. Were you? So, you know, yeah, I was. Well, actually. over the weekend, I heard you were coaching some basketball. I did do that, okay. yeah. I like to, you know, get involved with my son's sports when I can and relive my glory days. <laughs> you played basketball? I did a bit, yeah, in uh, college, yeah. I played right. college ball at Aurora University. So then I, I think there's already a challenge on the Craig Collins show. Okay. I don't think I can beat you one on one. How tall are you? Six six. Six six. I am five can I be generous? Because you can actually see me in studio, the listener can't. Yeah. I'm five eleven and a half that's, almost. Yeah, Is that's that being too generous? generous. That's being okay. generous. So what do you what are we gonna do? Horse pay? Yeah, because one on one, you just I can't I'm probably not gonna be able to score. You're gonna be too tall. Uh mm-hmm. but if we can shoot a little bit, maybe there's something maybe we give away some kind of prize. I have to give away the prize if I lose. You give away the prize if you lose. Hey. And we'll play a game of like horse or pig and put it up on the Facebook. I'm down for that. Why don't you go. get with one of these uh, gyms, local gyms, and have them yeah. uh, sponsor the show. We'll do it well, right there at their facility. And I have ISU <laughs> men's basketball tickets to give away, Great. so that could be my prize. I assume your prize might have music. There might be something think, musically involved. I think we could arrange for that, yeah, know. some tickets to the Castle Theater yeah, or whatnot. Sometime yeah. in the future. Um, and by the way, what are your social media pages so people can see what's coming up? Sure, sure. So I'm an independent talent buyer with the Castle, have been for years, and uh, we work together on stuff. So you can find my shows, because uh, I do stuff at the Castle and other venues across the Midwest, Bloomington as well. Um mm-hmm. Central Illinois. That's NTL Productions. Um, you can find it listed on most of the Castle websites nice. and blogs and whatnot, or go right to the Castle Theater's website. Right, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah. like you said, you book a lot of talent all throughout the city. So honestly, if you go to a show somewhere in Bloomington or Normal, there's an, there's an off chance that Nick helped put that show on. Yeah, I mean, over 10 years in town now doing yeah. shows. So, so um, tell me a little bit about the Marcus King Band then, because they'll be here tonight. Um, actually, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, they'll you. be they'll be at the Castle tomorrow night. Uh, there's a lot to say about Marcus King. He's, uh, I mean, right now he's he's just hot, man. He's one of the uh, top guitar slangers in in the world. Um, Warren Haynes from Government Mule kind of put him under his wing when he was a a young pup, you know, mm-hmm. kind of coming up, and he's 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 considered a prodigy. You know, he's in his early twenties and he's been touring the world for years already, and uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal band, horns, keys. 
that Southern soul, that Southern gospel soul. Yeah. Um, well, it's so, cool. You know, he's I, I was fantastic. looking for music to play uh, coming out, and it looks like they have a lot of jams. So it seems like if you go out to the show tomorrow night, it's not the kind of thing you're going to hear every time you go out and see them because a lot of that's going to be improvised. A lot of that's going to be you know extra music played. These jams are kind of cool additional features that you get that are one-off kind of shows in themselves, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... You know, it's, t- it's tough to categorize a band in today's world. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got blues and, and rock and roll influences, but uh, if they're going to be a quote-unquote jam band, it, it means <laughs> they might just unleash from time to time and go off into another planet, and uh, that's all right. You know a lot of artists. What makes them unleash? What do you think, if you're a jam band and you show up one night, what makes you? What puts you in a certain mindset to like go one way or another? Well, I don't know. You know, I think some bands try to like say that that's what we are. We yeah. are a jam band. So that's just what you expect, you know. But then there's the the rock and roll uh, blues and and bluegrass bands that kind of, you know, for for studio and um for radio reasons and for album <laughs> reasons, they keep their songs to three and a half, four minutes long mm-hmm. like the average. So they get excited, you know, during live performances or maybe they can stretch that solo out a little bit yeah. longer, let the guy wail on the drums for 5 minutes and just wow the crowd and show off their their true talent. What you you know wouldn't convey through um, a live studio record all the time because they have to be you know cut to parameters yeah, time wise. Exactly. So it's sort of like the podcast world versus the radio world yeah, right now. Yeah, Podcasts are these longer form conversations that you can find all over the place. These jam band sessions or these other things that you might get out and go see a live performance is going to be so much more than you get on that CD because right. you know they're feeding off your energy as much as you're feeding off theirs and. That whole atmosphere can be a, its own special thing. Sure. Um, what are, what else is coming up at Castle? Well, you know, there's the laser light show coming up. The Pink, <laughs> the Pink Floyd. Floyd. Yeah, a lot I of saw that folks today. talking about that one. Uh, November fifteenth. Um, so that's Friday night. It's the late the Pink Floyd Laser Spectacular. Um, yes. It's been touring the world for years. Um, you know, there's no live band, so it's it's actually the master recordings of Pink Floyd. So they're the masters that are played along with choreographed laser lighting show. So got it. Um, you know, maybe. Well, that's in line with the idea that like the experience is why you go out. That one for sure. That experience being in that room and being covered by whatever action is going on in there. I, I assume that's its own unique thing. That's you got to experience that. It sounds like. You know, I would say, yeah, if you're a fan of of that era of music and Pink Floyd and, and they're looking for something to do on a snowy night, come warm up with us, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the the beautiful historic Castle Theater. you got a lot more coming up, though. I, I can take a quick break, and then we can go through some of the other shows that you think are most important for us yeah, to see. sure. Cool. I, I mean, I'm biased, so. <laughs> That's fine. And <laughs> How much you time can, you got? Well, you can, maybe you can recommend some other spots to check out, too, outside of Castle, because I know you got sure. some other venues. Cool. For sure. We're going to take a quick break on the Craig Collins Show. we got a lot more coming up. I'm going to turn off the lights and do some lasers here in studio. Great. So we get in the mood for the Pink Floyd Laser Show. That is the Way Down Wanderers. That's the song Wildfire, if you can't tell from the way that they kind of yelled that word to start the song out. Uh, by the way, they have like a, a nice little campfire at the start of this video. Looking outside at all the snow and stuff and listening to this song and feeling a campfire, that's nice. I like that. I like the visual of that, the idea of that, that if I could be sipping some sort of like hot alcoholic beverage and just hanging out listening to the yeah. Way Down Wanderers. Yeah, it makes that, you feel real nice, doesn't it? Yeah, see, that kind of thing can happen at the Castle Theater, right? Oh, yeah, well, you know, depending on the VIP experience that you purchase. <laughs> uh, you are Nick Leroy. You are with NTL Productions. You're bringing a bunch of the bands, a bunch of the talent that we see here in Bloomington and Normal uh, throughout the city uh, into town. Uh, Way Down Wanderers, when are they performing? 
Way down. That's uh, Friday, November 22nd. Nice. Yeah. That's at the Castle Theater. Uh, yeah. You can get your tickets on. Castle yeah. Theater website, Facebook pages. Where can All you that stuff, All that yeah. Stuff. CastleTheater.com. Sweet. Find them on Facebook. Everybody knows the drill these days. They're think, well right? known, too, by the way, in this area, I hope right? so, yeah. <laughs> I do. You hope so? Because they deserve please. it. I mean, if you've got questions, please, you know. Yeah. Well, um, tell me a little bit more about the band for anyone that's not familiar. Well, so the Wanderers, they're, they're, they're from Peoria, and uh, they're a group of young guys. They've only been touring maybe six years, and uh, actually booked like their second show ever. They jumped on a bill of mine. I was doing it at Six Drinks Club, downtown Bloomington. It was like a bluegrass type of ball, and I needed one band. And uh, I don't know where I got this email from their momager um, <laughs> who uh, was telling me about this new band. And I listened to them, what they had, like on a cell phone video, and I thought nice. they were great. Fast forward six years, we've done a number of shows together all over um, Chicago and Ottawa and Peoria. I did their album release show and at the Monarch. And uh, we've been building them up in Bloomington for years. And, uh, gosh, they do... Uh, they do really well for us. The last time in March, uh, we were just shy of a sellout. So wow. we're really excited about uh, the return here this fall. And they actually just told us last week um, with their management and label, they've got a new record that they're they're going to put out, and they decided it's going to be a live record. And they've since decided it's going to be live at the Castle Theater. So um, November 22nd, uh, you can be a part of a, an experience that will be captured forever. Wow. That's really cool. You know, I, I have another question for you, but I got to take another commercial break. And we got news and stuff. I wonder if you guys would hang out for a second sure. because one thing that's unique about your gig is bands like that will come. They'll come across your desk. Or you'll get a message or a momager will reach out to you, and you're sort. By of, the way, she's great. Her, I, I assume she is. <laughs> uh, yeah, that word shouldn't always be derided. That's no, 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 no. Um, but every so often, like you put them in the right venue at the right time, and you help kick off their career. So you really do have. That amount of influence sometimes, and in some of these younger bands that that reach out to you, I you know, think. we try. I mean, yeah. we we try to put you know curate a great calendar, and of course, that involves locals. So yeah. you know, we want to get behind everybody if we can, if it makes sense, and right. um, you know, so you know, um, you know, we do what we can here in this market, and they've done so much more beyond uh, on a national level. So we're you know, we're really proud. We're like proud papas. Exactly, you know? exactly. Right. All right, I got to take another break. In the summertime, now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm steering into Neil's idea, and we're just going to pretend it's not snowing and cold outside. We're going to go with summer songs now. That sounds pretty good. Uh, and also, apparently, I found a study that said that the um, the most easily recognized emotion, or the, the most you know universally impactful emotion that we have, is happiness. Happiness is the most dominant human expression according to a new study out of Ohio State University. So if you are someone who is often happy, it's something that people pick on a lot quicker than if you're someone that's, you know, maybe not uh, feeling great all the time. Uh, and there's a lot of other things that kind of impact how easily transferable happiness is. If you see someone in a good mood, you're more likely to be in a good mood because of it. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that laughing is contagious, smiling is contagious. A lot of those things uh, seem to be contagious just on their own. But now uh, at least one study has gone out and proven that it's a it's it's very much a scientific fact. Uh, there was a delightful uh, this was a delightful discovery, according to one of the researchers, a cognitive scientist and professor uh, who said, because it speaks to the complex nature of happiness as well, that it's it's there's so many things that you can do to convey it that people can perceive. Uh, are you around a lot of happy people, Neil? I like to think so. Does that make you, you think, a happier person? Is there anything that uh, has happened recently, a memory you have, where someone was in a really good mood and it, it kind of uh, puts you in a good place? Anything? 
Um, my buddy got a new grill the other day, and <laughs> this, so he, this can make people very happy. Yeah, sure. so he was happy to uh, to get a new grill, but then he also he had never really used a propane grill before. Ooh! Uh, so I went over to his house, kind of helped out because I have a propane grill at my house. So I went over, kind of. It's not very hard, but showed him kind of the basic things, and you know, put a little food on it. He was very happy, and it made a good, made for a good day. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Food can make people very, very oh, happy. That is true. Uh, and you are you're a grill then. You you like to grill. You're oh, a griller, yeah. and, I guess. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. In the summer, did a lot of grilling. I kind of wish it just. I don't. We have a nice little back deck, but it's. It's a it's a little getting a little chilly out there. My buddy's got a good little back porch, like in screen porch, so mm-hmm. he can just you know if you want go in and out. And he's like, I think I'm going to grill throughout some of the winter. I'm like, <laughs> well, which is not a bad. I would love to. I just well, that's you know, I don't know. That's we'll the see. reason I asked. I meant like a grill master, a pit master. I think well, is the word I was looking for. Well, I mean, I don't know. You're if a I would, bartender. Uh, I'm just going to pretend <laughs> you have a lot of uh, fancy qualities. But yeah, no, that's that's why I asked you that question because I do find a lot of joy. In going out and grilling in weather like this, I mean, you're shaking if you do it outside for real and, and it's cold. But once you get inside and, like, bite into grilled chicken or uh, a burger or something and you're sitting outside looking at it, it's snowing, it's just tremendous the the amount of impact it can have on people who, uh, you know, maybe don't love the cold weather. So that's a really good idea. We should all grill. We should have a cookout. Can we have a cookout at the station? I, I don't. I don't mind that at all. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that there's some sort of liability with forcing everyone outside for several hours? Well, maybe we just have a, the few see, brave nope. go uh-uh. outside to grill. Nope. And then... See, I knew you were going to immediately turn it into not forcing everyone. I'm forcing everyone. We have to be committed. Yeah, everyone but... outside, three hours, shorts and T-shirts. Ooh, what do you think the wow. station will say? Uh, I don't know if you get any takers on Okay, that. except yeah. me? I'd just be standing outside there alone you shaking? Might, you might be the only one. Well, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm committed to that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll make it work for the show. Uh, i got to take another break, and then i got a guest coming up, uh, uh, Mercy Davidson. She is the town planner with the... Uh, uh, town of um, normal and she wants to talk about bikes and pedestrian pa- bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. this is the craig collins show i am your host for the next hour and 20 minutes or so and then dave ramsey stops by and we're talking about bike riding in normal because that helps us forget that it's snowing outside uh, mercy is the town planner i have mercy uh, davidson on the line uh, welcome to the show mercy Thanks. Glad to be here. So uh, this Wednesday, there's going to be an event where people can go out and give their opinions on maybe uh, more ways that we can improve the amount of pedestrian, the amount of uh, bike areas that exist within normal, right? That is correct. This Wednesday from 5 to 7. Cool. And so this is an update on a plan that was originally rolled out in 2009. Uh, One of the things that people can do is is say how they feel uh, progress has gone so far with that. What are you guys planning? What, uh, What new kind of initiatives do you have in place? What what are you eyeing for ways to improve the amount of walking and bike riding traffic in the city? Well, the plan from 2009 still has a lot of great uh, goals that we have yet to meet, and so I anticipate we'll keep working on those. Um, there are certainly some key sidewalk connections that we're missing in town. We always love the idea of expanding the trail. Um, there are other goals in our plan that just pertain to educating people and encouraging people to get out uh, walking, biking, whatever so we we do events and uh, it's just, there's a lot to talk about yeah is there a bike riding or a sharing uh, service too in the in the city in the area is there like divi or something like that that people can rent bikes 
We actually have a couple of bike sharing systems in the community. We've had Bike Share 309 for the last three years, and that's an, a program by Zagster. Uh, that program is coming to an end this year, and we haven't decided what to do to follow up on that. Um, ISU has its own bike sharing program, but that's only available to faculty, staff, and students. Okay, cool. Uh, so what do you think are some other ways that we can in, improve? Maybe I, I like that you said the um, you know community involvement, too, and community awareness, because uh, if you put more lanes and more areas in, we still have to make people aware that we're trying to be more bike-friendly. So that's a, a big push as well then, huh? Absolutely. Um, education and encouragement go a long way. Um, we certainly need people who are walking and bicycling to do it safely, and we need people who are driving cars and trucks and buses to be aware of uh, people who are not in a vehicle. So if we all get educated and work together, it's a really safe system. You think maybe we can do like a bike ride with my show, maybe get a bunch of listeners down, and once we have some new paths in place, maybe christen them with a Craig Collins show bike ride? I would welcome that, Craig. Awesome. I would be there on my bicycle. There you go. What kind of bike do you have? I have a Trek. It's nothing real. It's just kind of a regular bike. That's cool. I, I don't actually know much about my bike. My husband is the bicycle person in the family, so he, he knows all about my bicycle. Yeah, no, I actually I don't know much about him either, so if you'd said any answer other than Trek and a couple others, I wouldn't have known what you were talking about, but I would have pretended. Right. I have a Walmart bike that I used to drive around the city of Chicago a lot that was not designed for what I use it for, but I find that you get a lot of fitness, right? So maybe you don't have to have the fancy bike to partake in these kind of things. If you have the off-brand or cheaper bicycle, it still gives you a lot more exercise when you're trying to get that uh, bike to go around town, right? Absolutely. Any bike is better than no bike. Amen. Yeah, cool, for sure. Uh, what else <laughs> is going on? Is there anything else that you want to mention outside of the bike uh, stuff going on in normal that we should know about? Well, definitely, if people can come by the open house this Wednesday, that would be great. We also have a survey online that we're going to keep open until the end of the calendar year, and people can fill out the survey and tell us what they think about walking and bicycling, and they can be entered for a chance to win a $25 gift certificate. There you go. See, you can win prizes, too. Well, thank you, Mercy, for hanging out with us right before you got a clock out at work. Uh, thank you for jumping on the, the show, and I, I mean it. Once we have new bike areas, I want to get out there in a helmet and a bike, and we can ride together, and we can... Chris, in whatever areas we need uh, to make people aware that there's a bunch more bike paths coming to normal. Oh, I'll be a big fan of yours if that happens, Craig. You know where to find me. Awesome. You right. know where to find me. I do. I do. I'm going to stick to it. I promise. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining the show. i got to take a quick break here. I like a good pub crawl every once in a while. I still do them. I know that, you know, I think you eventually age out of those things, but I... I like a bar crawl, uh, maybe not as seriously as I did in college. Maybe it's just one beer some places. Maybe you're trying new spots you haven't been to before. I am wondering, though, if you, like me, are willing to go to some places but not any place. North Korea is sort of counting on people to be willing to go there for a pub crawl. It was announced today that they'll be hosting a pub crawl in Saint, uh, for St. Patrick's Day. And, well, Chicago is very close by and a very good spot for a pub crawl, I, I don't think that a lot of people will be jumping on this. The Foreign Office advises against going to North Korea uh, in March, but they'll be having a pub crawl. You think that's the right uh, thing to bring people in there, Neil? You think North Korea is steering into the right... Uh... <laughs> Did you expect to be asked that question today on the show? Uh, no, I wasn't, okay. I wasn't anticipating Well, here it comes. That. I'm going to finish it. Did you? Do you think North Korea is going the right road trying to get people to come to their country for a pub crawl. I mean, they they might get some people to show up. I probably personally would not right? go. But, I won't make uh, it. Okay. There are, I'm yeah. sure there are some people that could attract. I right. No, that's you're right. There's some people that will probably attend this. The Craig Collins Show is advising against it. <laughs> Both Neil and myself are saying, you know, there's a lot of other. Have you, have you pub crawled? 
I have, yeah. What I, uh, what uh, do you have any good memories of one? Do you have any uh, fun ones? Uh, we went on one actually, probably less than a year ago. That some somehow Scott Miller showed up too. So that was a. Fun, I mean, we, we actually it was around town here. So we went we went to some of the bars in Bloomington and Wait, uh, like on. You didn't know he'd be there. He just well, sort of popped I, in. No, I told him to show up, but oh, I, I was not not anticipating him on showing up, and so but he did. And so he met a couple of my other buddies and some other friends. How does so. how does Scott Miller do in a pub crawl setting? Uh, he did. He did pretty well. Did he, he have a lot of gifts for people? He's a gift person. Uh, he did buy a, a pizza or two at one See, of the bars. He I knew felt, it. He felt it was necessary that everybody have a little bit of food in right. them at yeah. some point. Oh, so he turned into the the pub crawl parent. He did. Is what you're saying? Uh, okay. He did. Yeah. He was so, the father of the pub crawl. That's a good. That's a good approach to have. Um, have you ever heard of Tea Box? I don't think I have. It is a Thanksgiving pub crawl in Chicago. It's the Tea Box Bar Crawl. I think they've been doing it for years now. My buddies actually created it. Uh, they were an improv group, and so what you do is you bring a, a box of cereal with you. You pick your own, and each one gets – you used to not be able to copy, but now I'm sure with the amount of people that go on this thing that you copy, and you just go to as many bars as you can make it to throughout a certain strip in Chicago, and your sustenance, which Miller is very smart to have along, for us was like I had Lucky Charms. Okay. That's what I. But now it's a huge – like it's a giant event. A whole crap ton of people go. I recommend it highly because it's a really – fun and sort of infectious environment, although I wonder every so often about the bars that you intrude, because they're all over the place, right? Like a good pub crawl, you're not just going to the the crazy frat, like, you know, party places, you're going to the dive establishments. And if you have a, a bigger amount of people with you, those establishments, establishments, I sort of feel like they go through like a shock phase when you're in there, and then when you leave, they probably all... Uh, calm down but it's it's a fun uh thing for us and certainly fun if you don't know the area so i imagine here if there's a pub crawl that happens around thanksgiving or something i'll have to go just so that i can learn all the great bars to drink at in yeah. bloomington normal right that's not a bad idea yeah well uh so do you agree though that some of the bars that you walk into on those kind of events they're not the ones ready for it i mean i i, I do think there are yeah there are some that probably are a little shocked but mm-hmm. I, I mean maybe here's what here's what we do to fix it we go in slowly. Don't send yeah. the whole crawl in at once. Like, sit, leave most of the people outside yeah. and maybe volunteer beforehand, like draw straws so that the people that are outside the longest in the cold for some reason have to be forced to do that. But just a couple at a time. And then maybe just to make people feel even more comfortable, pretend it wasn't planned. Like, as people keep coming in, you can react in the bar like, oh, hey, Bob, <laughs> I can't believe you're here. And then when it gets to be like 60 people, just say, you know what, we're going to leave. There's too many of us. We're going to go. We're sorry. Then maybe that way, like the smaller venues, they don't seem as upset by 55 people walking in at once. I mean, I haven't been to every bar in this town, thankfully, but uh, I, I feel like down here most are pretty welcoming, even, you know, your smaller okay. established. So, but right. I mean, if you show up with a pretty large group, I think there's always a little bit of that yeah. shock factor. But, I, you know, most no, of the I, bars I, I've been to in the Bloomington normal area, they're all good with. Oh, yeah. They're no, good I with mean, any amount of people. Well, if you need it, though, that plan is out there to slowly walk in a few at a time and then hopefully have the best actors in the room be the ones that pretend to meet each other at the venue every time you do it. That might be fun to do just in general. I was going to say, that kind of just sounds like a fun idea. Yeah. You want to do a, a pub crawl whisper where, like, you're not admitting that it's a pub crawl at any point? I'm not. Yeah. I okay. say let's set one up. Okay. All right. That'll be a Craig. Can we make that a Craig Collins show event? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I- Beginning to look a lot like Christmas.
Kudigoff. He is the host of the Curiosity Daily Podcast, a Westwood One podcast, a great award-winning podcast that might even have a chance at another award. Merry Christmas, Cody. Merry Christmas to you, Craig, and a Thank happy you. new year. Thank you. I, it feels appropriate, right, with how it looks outside to say that to each other today. It's, a, uh, you know, why not steer into it? Do you have a gift for me? You know, it's actually funny. I, I boxed up some uh, old video game systems I'm planning on selling, and I put them next to my window to, to list online today. And when I when I walked out in the in the living room, I looked out and saw the, the snow in the background, and it felt like <laughs> it was the morning after Christmas. There you go. I had stacked all my gifts. Look at all the great gifts you got yeah. yourself. You got yourself a bunch of old video game systems. All right, you are the host, uh, a co-host of Curiosity Daily. Ashley Hamer is the other host of that show. Uh, you guys bring us interesting facts every single day to help make us smarter in just about eight minutes a day or something like that, right? Yeah, eight minutes, ten minutes, something like that. Some, some amount of minutes, but you can also get it on all your smart devices. Alexa can play it for you, anything you want, or you can just subscribe to the podcast Old School on any podcast platform out there. Uh, a few that I found interesting over the last few days, and I'm going to test you because I, I dug a little bit deeper in the Curiosity Daily Archives. Uh, but the first one, new study shows how distraction can alter memory. Uh, this is something I'm accused of a lot, that I am distracted when listening, air quotes, to my wife when she's telling me to do something, and then apparently I don't remember anything. Uh, so tell me more about this. How does that new study confirm what my wife, my wife already knows is true? <laughs> yeah, researchers basically flashed some colors on a screen and then asked, uh, asked people to, to tell them what colors they saw. I mean, they flashed for less than a blink of an eye. You know, it sounds like a really, really easy thing. Okay, just say what color you, you saw. That, that's pretty simple. But they did it really, really fast. They were surprisingly accurate at telling the researchers what colors they saw in certain boxes. But when the researchers added some dots just to, next to those boxes, just like white dots, didn't even really change anything with the experiment, just added a couple things to the side, uh, people were significantly less likely in this study to be able to tell the researchers what colors had actually flashed. And mm -hmm. not only that, but they overcorrected with uh, by, by basically saying colors that were further away on a color wheel, basically, from the colors that were next to the distractions. So, like, to give you an example, like, if it flashed blue, right, but there were distractions next to the color red, they would say that the they would basically identify colors that were like further away from the color red oh, wow. on the color spectrum than that blue, so like way less purpley. So, uh, and they were just as confident. So, like it, it's like their brains were were almost like remapped to be like, no, no, not only do we misremember, but we misremember more egregiously than what the original memory was supposed to be. So See, but that confidence stuff. that confidence also makes sense to me, because if you start out and I know all the answers, and then you make it harder and I don't know the answers, I'm going to pretend I'm the type of person that pretends I'm still getting them all right, and even more aggressively so. As we dive into it and I'm more confused, I'm not going to show that side at all. So I don't know, maybe it's just pride that made everyone say, that was definitely blue. That was for sure blue. The researcher's wrong. Uh, a couple more I that I saw. I think, you're Go ahead. I think you're particularly prone to this. Craig. I don't know what you're talking about, Cody. I don't know why you'd say that. I am offended. I'm hurt. I, 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 anyway, moving on. Blame games. Uh, blaming games for the decline in society is a very common thing. It happens all the time. And you guys did a really great show where you discussed this kind of at length, why video games and all kinds of games are, are often one of the first things that people say is a cause for a lot of the bad things that happen in the world. 
I felt so validated learning this because, like, so I'm a gamer, right? Like, I play Final Fantasy fourteen every day. I'm, I'm a gamer guy. Like, I play the Halo games, the Call of Duties. That's my jam. I've always been a gamer. My first podcast is a video game podcast. And I, I, I get so frustrated when you see in the news, it's like, oh, video games because for the moral decline in society and kids are more violent these days and uh, it's a moral panic and look <laughs> at all these horrible things games are doing. Yeah, it turns out, People have been doing this for not just several decades or several centuries, but literally thousands of years. Literally, the Buddha actually criticized people for playing chess. Historians uh, widely attribute to chess, chess for like the moral decline of society. Uh, King James, I think it was, like back in in uh, medieval and then later like Renaissance England, like uh, would would publish things being like, here are the games you're allowed to play on Sundays. Uh, and not allowed to play because, like, there will be too much moral decline if you play too many games. And Puritans were outraged that people were even playing games on Sundays anyways. <laughs> so uh, it goes back thousands of years. It's not about any actual research or science. It's just people want to blame games on society's problems. Got it. And they're wrong. Games are great. People just make assumptions. I didn't know that you'd trigger this in me, but now, now I really want to play Cards Against Humanity with Buddha. I don't know why, but I, I would love to see his reaction to that game and how that feels. Uh, moving on, I loved this story. Honestly, this is a little further back in your archives. Not that far. This is October. Uh, but kids pretending to be Batman will work a lot harder? Is that yeah. True? This is, like, the cutest thing ever. Um, yeah, researchers basically, um, they basically had kids work on some projects, and sometimes they would have the kids say, like, I am going to work really hard on this project. And then other times they would say in the third person uh, how hard they would work. Like, Cody's going to work really hard on this project. Or you would say, Craig is going to work really hard on this project. But if they dressed up as Batman and they pretended to be Batman and they said, Batman is going to work really hard on this project, the kids worked way harder and they were more excited and more focused on the project they were working on. Um, and they did use a few different fictional characters. I think it was like SpongeBob SquarePants and a couple other ones. But the most effective, like by far, was Batman. And the researchers don't know exactly why. I think part of it is probably because Batman has a good work ethic. I mean, the guy doesn't have any actual superpowers, right? He just works hard. Um, so wait, wait a minute. He's also he's also obscenely rich. So one of his superpowers is being able to buy really cool stuff. But go ahead. Yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, but he has to, I mean, think about like the Amazon wish list he has to put together to like <laughs> buy the materials for all this stuff. Like that's a lot of work, Craig. And to disguise um, it so people so can't it, figure it, out immediately that he's Batman when you look up his Amazon wish list. I mean, it's got, it's just tough. It's tough being Batman. Continue. Yeah, exactly. Think of how many alt accounts he has. <laughs> Just outrageous. So if you want your kids to do the dishes or something, right. tell them to dress up as Batman. There you go. That's one, I never thought that I would think of the amount of alt accounts Batman has on Amazon, but that's what Cody Goff is here to <laughs> trigger every single day. All right, I have two more for you. One is not necessarily a deep dive topic. The other one is, uh, are you more comfortable with the deep dive topic or the more recent one? Uh, deep dive me, Craig. Let's okay. do it. Um, well, this I like this one a lot because... I don't like fish. I like chicken, and my wife loves fish, and I tell her there's a lot of reasons that fish just aren't good, and she goes, but did you try them? And I said, no, I just have to smell them. You guys did a study about why fish stink so bad and chicken doesn't, and I think it's because the world wants us to eat chicken and not fish. Tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, it has to do with the bacteria. I mean, yeah, that one... 
That one you'll probably just want to check out the episode for because I'm not going to remember all the terminology. But, the, but they're it's gross. Specific, like, it, it's a specific molecule that has to do the bacteria in the molecules. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is why, the, you know, the second you – know, that's why you want to cook fish a lot faster in your fridge. Like if I go to the store and I buy some, some fish and some chicken and some other meat, like I definitely want that fish to be the first thing I cook. And it has to do – the molecular level, like biobacteria, kind of biology, kind of thing. You nailed it, man. Uh, that you, you got every, you got all the science of it. Yeah, that you hit all the science, the molecular <laughs> thing or whatever. It is very well researched. You do it every single day, and you've done so many shows that it makes sense that it's hard to remember ones from uh, you know maybe a year ago or so. I think I tested you. Uh, real quick, why do animals not have three legs? That's another science. <laughs> it has to do with evolution, basically. Okay. Uh, it actually has to do uh, basically with evolution. Uh, but we, there's actually an episode we either recently recorded or recently published. I don't even. I can't even keep track anymore. Uh, that has to do with how a supernova in our early universe may have affected and influenced the way that uh, humans evolved to be bipedal creatures. Wow. So that, yeah, there's some pretty trippy research that you'll definitely want to keep an eye out for on curiositydaily.com or on your favorite podcast app. You know, I like the way you did that. You answered my question with a totally different fact. I think you should run for office somewhere, Cody. That's the, that's the next calling for you. Become a politician. Working on it. Okay. I just filed, just filed in Alabama. It was the weirdest thing. Some other dude, Mike, was doing it at the same time. It was very bizarre. (laughs) I hope that's true. I don't even know what you're saying now, but I, I so hope you're running for some office in Alabama. That would be wonderful. I'll vote. I don't think I'm allowed, but I'll vote. Uh, Cody, you are the co-host of the Curiosity Daily Podcast. Check it out every single day on any of the platforms that it's on, including smart speakers, because it's there. It's from Westwood One. I did it. I played it. I'll listen to her go. I got a text message a little bit ago telling me that they were enjoying some of my Christmas picks, but do not play Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. So you know what? When you ask, uh, even if you don't ask, I deliver. That is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Probably one of the most hated Christmas songs, although she really, she sings the crap out of it, man. Come on. I know, they just play it uh, way too much. I have a couple stories in front of me. The first one that I find interesting is if you need somebody to do you a favor... Apparently, there's a, an easy trick you can do to convince someone that they should say yes to whatever you're asking them for, and it's simply to give the option to say no. If you ask someone for a favor and make it sound like there really is no option to say no or you don't really just you know paint the picture that you don't mind if they say no, then I guess you're much, much less likely to get them to do what you're asking them to do. But if you just add the, it's okay if you say no, or if you say, it, it's fine if you can't, I can handle it, or something to that effect, people are tremendously more likely to do it. It's a study out of France that tested the two different types of behavior, and I guess it's something about the negative connotation of if you can't or, you know, no big deal that, it, that pushes our brains to say, okay, you know what, I can get that done. Don't tell me what I can't do. So if you want that trick this year, if you want to get people to, to give you a favor, just add on, but it's fine. If you can't figure it out, I don't mind. Uh, there's two stories that I found that are not connected in any way. They're written by totally different outfits, uh, but the headlines to me feel tremendously connected. Uh, the first one says, "If you want to be a, if you want a robot to learn better, be a jerk to it." 
That's the headline. Apparently, there was a study done in the University of Southern California that found that in order to train robots to do things like hold items, you actually had to smack them out of its hand. And by the way, they didn't actually have a robot like holding something and they were really smacking it. You can do all this on the computer. They did it all digitally with some sort of simulation. But this study says that if you want a robot to learn better, just be mean to it. And now this, the one that I feel is connected but was written by a totally different outfit, AI deemed too dangerous to release, makes it out into the world. Apparently, there was an artificial intelligence that's really good at predictive conversations to the extent that you can start like a text message and then turn on this service and it can take it from there. Um, It's called the GPT-2, which is not a very intimidating name for this thing, but apparently it it can create synthetic, I can try to say the word, propaganda and a bunch of other things. So if if you came across this technology, that's why they, they tried not to release it, you would be convinced you're communicating with a human and an, an influential one, you know, a, a one that you would probably be capable of being tricked by, um, but it's just a predictive text piece of technology. So again, these two things connected together. If you want a robot to learn better, be mean to it, and then AI Too Dangerous is released into the world, we're getting closer and closer to T2. We're getting to the point where James Cameron is going to be a prophet and uh, things are going to get real, real bad for us. If AI is at the point where they're too dangerous, if any sort of artificial intelligence causes, like, is a danger to the public, I don't want to be mean to robots. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go down the path where I'm, you know, trying to convince a robot to do something like, I don't know, not kill me, and I have to be mean to it in order to get that done. And, uh, but, you know, I do really believe in the punch the shark in the nose thing. Uh, if you've ever read... The best way to prevent a shark from attacking you is to punch it square in the nose. And some people, when I talk to them about it, seem to think that that's not like true per se. But I've read it a bunch of times. And I've even I've seen stories where people say like they're attacked and then they get out fine because just one swift punch to the nose is all the shark needs to back off. So maybe that's a similar way of thinking. Maybe if a robot ever did get mad at me, I could just be mean and it'll just go and uh, leave me alone. That's what USC seems to think. But these these headlines scare me. I think these people should get together. I should do some sort of like brunch with the researchers from the University of Southern California and the people that created the GPT-2 software and just have them converse about how one group is saying be meaner to robots and the other group is saying they're a danger to us all. Um, I've been told to yell less on this show, so I'm probably going to try to do that. But first, I've got to take a break. A lot more Craig Collins show coming up. JBC. Maybe I just wanted to deny the weather, right? I wanted to pretend the weather was Friday's weather and not today's, so I was playing a Friday's weather report. That's uh, that's good. Uh, no, thank you so much for calling in. That's a weird dynamic of this radio station, by the way. At, at most places I've been, uh, there is another individual in the station with you who can answer the phone so that calls don't all land on the air. I'd per- I'd have preferred that that guy had told me off the air that I was making a huge mistake all day, but you guys knew it, so... You know, I guess it's good that he told me on the air. Uh, Who is your number one role model? There is a new study that uh, a survey of people asking who their number one role model was. And quite a few people um, that you'd expect to be at the top of this list are at it. Uh, But some of the ones that I thought were interesting are a pastor or a youth leader, a manager or a boss. Have you worked for anyone that's a role model outside of here, Neil? Because I'm sure they're all your role models here. But have you had any other role models at other places you've been? Um. Yeah, I would say yes, I, I have. Okay, what about here? Yeah, oh, you yeah. look up to everybody? Sure. They're all great. Of course. Every single one of our bosses that sign our paycheck are the, my favorite people. 
I love every single one of them, and I aspire to be exactly like every single one of them. I would agree. Okay, see, right. We both 100% <laughs> agree that they're all perfect humans and all of us pale in comparison. Um, <laughs> a historical figure was number six on the list of, of top number one role models. Can you look up to a historical figure? Do you have one that you identify as a role model in your life? Off the top of my head, I can't really say yes. I don't want to lie. No, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't personally. I mean, know. I guess if you dive into like the history of someone, um, uh, Jesus. Can I go right. with Jesus? Sure. That's my grandmother. Just got very happy. <laughs> Jesus is my role model. Um, that's true. Actually, I don't think that's a lie. A coach or an instructor is number five on this list. Uh, a celebrity. That's a mistake usually. Who was your celebrity that you looked up to as a kid? Who was the one? The celebrity. person. Do you have any? It can be an athlete. I'm going. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I was see. I I'm a White Sox fan. I grew right. up as a Sox fan, so I was always a big Paul Konerko guy. Sure. Just, you know, just a good person. It seemed like, and I don't know him personally, but from what he portrayed and you know, kind of what he did for that organization, I was always I always looked up to him. Yeah, I had two. Uh, one that works out okay, and one that doesn't work out so great when you reflect on you know the rest of their lives. Uh, Mariano Rivera was the closer for the Yankees for a long time, and is just genuinely a good human. If you read anything about Mo or if you, you know, get his his biography, anything out there, he's given a bunch of his money back to people. He's like the Oprah of baseball players. He's just done a bunch for where he comes from in his community. And then the other guy that I looked up to a lot that I'm sure a lot of other people did is Michael Jordan. And there are some problems with the Michael Jordan when you look at him uh, as a human being. I mean, just the competitive attack nature of him, I don't think you'd necessarily want to instill that in kids. Uh, and then I remember being devastated when I found out that like his marriage wasn't working out as a kid. And I forget how old I was when I found that out, but that was a weird thing to try to conceive um, as a child. Like Michael Jordan's my favorite human. I think he's the best guy ever. And then you find out he's a, he's a flawed, regular human being. And uh, yeah, you got some problems there. And I'm sure that people look up to all kinds of celebrities, but that's, it's dangerous because uh, you don't want to, you know, look up to everything they do. Um, but I guess it could have been worse, right? Michael Jordan's really not that bad on the scale of celebrities that I could have looked up to. That would be very, very bad. He uh, he didn't land in that category. Uh, number three on the list, a favorite teacher, uh, which is also very good. I did have. Do you have any any teachers that jump out? Yeah, my third grade teacher, Mrs. Ingalls, nice. was a very uh, one of the better teachers I think I've ever had. Yeah. There you go. Why? What made her so great? I just I you know she was I feel like made class somewhat and well now this is third grade but made things relatable <laughs> but just was a genuinely nice person and just seemed to like care about every student. I can met, picture you know. I can picture nine year old Neil being like you know what <laughs> I can't really dive into these ideas and then all of a sudden you get that teacher and you're like now I get it. Now school is good. Yeah, she just made it yeah. like he kind of wanted to go to class. Yeah. And I didn't, can't you know, wait to do math today. I, I can't say I was always the best student, but it, that was a that was third grade was a time I enjoyed school. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned third grade. I have a couple teachers that I'd let. Mrs. Krause was my kindergarten teacher. She was incredible. Although, again, like you said, it's silly to, because to, I don't know what I learned in kindergarten, but that woman was just like the coolest, like most fun human. And then I had another one uh, in high school, actually, a math teacher, uh, who was really, really great as well. Um, but I think that he doesn't like to be talked about on the radio. So oh. I'll, I'll just say that I had a great math teacher because he's yelled at me before. I've gone back and been like, I've highlighted how great you are. He's like, don't, don't do that. And I don't know why. Maybe he just doesn't want to be, you know, uh, praised for his good deeds. But uh, he's, he's a great teacher. Uh, but the thing that I thought was interesting about you mentioning third grade, I got a call last night from my brother. 
He's got a kid. His his youngest is nine, and he's in third grade. And he broke his arm. Oh. Just, like, terribly broke it, I guess, like oh. three places. But apparently he wanted to come home one day after he got back from the hospital and show Uncle Craig the giant, huge cast. So they did it. They did, like, the, the FaceTime, and, oh, he's, yeah. and he's telling me the whole story. I, I guess his buddy and him were practicing WWE. And things went bad. That never ends. Yeah. No. It never goes well. Well, and the, the problem is he's a littler guy mm-hmm. at nine, and his buddy is, I think, a couple years older. And with the, the kids, like, they shoot up. They become almost adult form very, very quickly. So if I were to have coached him before going in, I would have said pick a different opponent. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked that guy. Yeah, but no. I guess it was a body slam gone wrong. Ooh. But he's, he's proud of the cast. Well, I feel like, mo- yeah, around that age, boys. Oh, yeah, yeah little, all right. Little injury. Yeah. I know. Oh, what happened? Well, you know, we were wrestling and, yeah. You know, so. yeah. I was doing my Undertaker move. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who current WWE players are. I would reference Shawn Michaels. I'd get right. in a lot of trouble now. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, he was he was very excited about it, so I thought it was kind of adorable.